0: Welcome to The Taproxy Method, Creating Confident Learners. The Taproxy Method uses a unique combination of breath work, brain body work, gratitude, and a clay-based program to affect the neuroplasticity of the brain in students to help strengthen their mind-body connection, help them develop a growth mindset, and most importantly, trust and confidence in themselves. Aloha and welcome to another episode of the Teproxi Method Creating Confident Learners. I'm Tani Teproxi, the founder and creator. In this episode, we'll look a little deeper at what I've been noticing over and over the school year. And I'm not sure if COVID was part of this, but we'll look at why it's important to address and taking time daily to consistently build habits and build this habit in particular. It's a relatively simple task. But it's a good indicator of how much a child is going to struggle if they're not mastering it, especially with the pace of school. Before we get started, I wanted to share that I have a free assessment video that I'd love to share with you where I walk you through a simple process in reading to figure out what type of learner your child is. I use this with every student when I first meet them to give me a sense of whether they are more of a visual or phonetic learner. To receive this free gift, sign up for my newsletter at pages.tawnytutors.com forward slash newsletter. As soon as you sign up, you'll receive it in your inbox. So let's get started. So in the last episode, I talked a lot about the brain-body connection, and I referred to, at the very end, the neuromuscular connection. And I quoted my good friend Dennis Morton. He happens to be a Peloton instructor, so you might be familiar with some of his sayings. I refer to the saying practice makes permanent not perfect. And once something is learned incorrectly rather than correctly, it's permanently in the body, in the mind until it's addressed. And I also use a few of his other sayings. Um, one of my favorite, which is quite apt for um, academics, is if you can't get out of it, get into it, right? You can, if you can't get out of the assignment, the project, the work that you got to do, might as well get fully into it. So I do I do refer to him every once in a while with my students. But um, when I was talking about the brain-body connection and what I've been noticing especially a lot this school year. I don't know if it's just been on my mind or it's gotten my attention. Um, I don't know if it has to do with, um, the time away from the classroom with COVID, but the mechanics of letter writing, the mechanics of handwriting, I've noticed a lot of the kids that struggle that it's become permanent, but it's become permanently permanent incorrectly in the body. So they're struggling consistently and it may not be all the letters. There might be certain ones, um, but the more letters that are difficult for them to mechanically create correlates with how much they are struggling in academics in general. I take the time to explicitly teach handwriting when necessary. So in the tabroxy method, I use a neuromuscular connection, the brain body connection with balance work, crossing the midline with balance. And there are very few movements in life where we're crossing the midline. Crawling happens to be one of of them. So when we're a baby, our, our Brain is developing and we're using both the left and right hemisphere as we're learning to crawl and then walk. Also, there's quite a few yoga poses that cross the midline and when you're playing sports, those movements also help with the left to right brain hemisphere connection across the midline, right? And I've taught yoga before. I've been teaching academics for over 20 years, but what I notice as a teacher, if you look at somebody in yoga who is a beginner versus somebody who has been practicing for a long time, the body language is completely different, but also they're able, these advanced yogis are the ones who have been practicing beyond a beginner status. They're able to make these micro tweaks in their practice through adjustment, through verbal cues, because that brain body, that neuromuscular connection has strengthened. It's, it's there. So this common struggle of the mechanics of handwriting, the mechanics of letter writing has become a good indicator of whether or not a student is going to struggle, especially in reading, spelling, and writing. But I'm seeing this in kids in second grade, fourth grade, but even as late as sixth grade. And it's just the mechanics. So a lot of times, I'm not sure if it's just not being taught explicitly to them in classes anymore, or there isn't enough time devoted to the task at hand, or they haven't done it with enough intensity to master the skill. And when I talk about intensity, I'm referring to having enough time. When I homeschool, I prefer to see a student, one, a student one-on-one daily so that we can pick up from where we left off the day before. And this is the type of intensity I'm talking about. You're going to get much more done 10 minutes a day, seven days a week versus 70 minutes one time a week, right? It's the consistent snowball effect of building on one task until it's mastered. And yes, there is the learning difference of dysgraphia as well. So some students have that. But what I'm noticing with handwriting is they're more drawing their letters than the quick pattern stroke of top to bottom, left to right that is handwriting right they'll often draw from bottom to top or trace back parts of letters to go back and fix things or they'll even fill them in so it's not really that process of writing it's more the drawing stroke developmentally when kids learn to write they're first just making random marks on the page and then they start to form random letters and then usually it's their name in capitals because that's something that is directly tied to them. And then the writing and all the other letters of the alphabet come along. So I'm noticing the ones who really struggle with this, the mechanics of writing, the mechanics of letter making, they struggle with other academic areas. And then of course they struggle with the pace because if the fluency in writing is not there and then all the other tasks that build on top of it is not there, everything is difficult. When we talk about reading comprehension, we don't expect students to read and remember well, they might remember, but remember well and comprehend fully if the mechanics of of reading fluently is still difficult for them. Just getting through the sentence itself is taxing, right? That's taking all the brain attention. So then the comprehension, the deeper thinking, the evaluations are just not there. And when we think about the mechanics of writing, teaching the mechanics of writing, print, cursive those are different skills but also the strokes of top to bottom left to right as well so if we just pretend to write an h really quick and you go bottom to top and then make the rainbow in the middle and just kind of do that in the air and then try it the other way top to bottom left to right there is a subtle difference in the brain body connection in the creation of that right? And so we have to teach in the mastery of having confidence in what you're doing, confidence in the mechanics of the letters themselves so that they're in the body so then they can progress, right? That's a basic skill. And, you know, with typing as well, you can feel kind of, if you were playing the piano or pretending to type with your fingers right now, as you stretch your fingers out, you can feel the brain kind of activate those muscles, that muscle brain connection. So a person who doesn't, who knows this in their body, Right? If there's that whole idea, like sometimes our brain does forget. If you were to go to your locker in middle school and you forgot your, you know, locker code, sometimes if you just shut off the thinking brain and you just use the hand, the muscle memory, you'll remember your code to get back in. Same with computer passwords, right? So the same thing. So once the muscle memory is there, the body knows it. So this needs to happen with typing, print, and cursive. And there's just a difference with a child or an adult who knows how to type without looking at the keyboard and then the pointer fingers video game style type of thing. And we're lucky in these modern days, there is a great resource typing dot com or typing club, any of those where you can have your child, you know, practice daily 10, 15 minutes until they are fluent. So this brings me back to building habits and how how habits help create that bank of successes that kids can draw upon in feeling good about themselves and, you know, go from there. And I think for the most part, the letters are not being explicitly taught enough, at least not in the intensity and need to be reinforced until they are writing with ease, right? That they feel successful, that it's not any hindrance, that it's just already embodied And through consistency in the daily habit until it is mastered for them. It's so much better to do a little than a lot, a little at a time. So I like to take time like 10, 15, 20 minutes, five days a week to build a skill rather than cramming things in for hours and hours or hours randomly. Again, consistency is what snowballs into easy and uh, mastered habits. Little things add up piece by piece over time. On the flip side, I will say I have seen students fix their writing after one conversation. Once they're made aware for some reason, their writing looks, that writing is important and how it looks is important and the mechanics of it, they just fix it because it's now in their awareness. I see that a lot too with kids who um, are just not aware of how many minutes there are in an hour or how many months there are in the year or what the days of the week are, right? There's just not an awareness and once that starts to be asked You know, every time I see them, they start to pick it up pretty quickly. So they haven't realized that it's important. And so they have to be explicitly directed to the task. So in this case, yes, handwriting needs to look a certain way in order to be presentable. Um, It needs to go, you know, in that mechanics, that stroke top to bottom, left, to right for the most part. But even today, one of my older students, his handwriting was better than I usually see it. And I asked him about it and he's like, yeah, it has to be for this assignment. I'm focusing on that. So for some kids and some adults, depending on the task at hand and how much focus they are doing, that shifts a bit. But until something becomes automatic and permanent, and I mean permanent correctly in the body, it will always be taxing both mentally and physically for students. And that just means there hasn't been enough time devoted to that task at hand. And a lot of times people get stuck in the comparison trap, right? Oh, this is a skill from an earlier grade, kindergarten, first, second grade, or all my sons or daughters, um, classmates have mastered it. So I shouldn't spend any more time on this. We get stuck in comparing them to someone else's process. It takes as long as it takes for them to master it. It takes as long as they need, and it needs to be addressed until that pace is reached right? That fluency is there for them. The mechanics is there for them. A child needs as long as they need to become a master at their own craft, at their own learning, right? This is them. Nobody can go into their brain and do the brain work for them. The body, the brain body work as well. And so these consistency of habits add up exponentially over time, right? Two becomes four, four becomes 16 and so forth. So don't be afraid to start out with just the smallest task at hand, to go back to what needs to be fixed, to fill in gaps, to master certain things, right? Sometimes we have to take a step back to go two steps forward. Thanks so much for listening. Before I go, I wanted to share that I have a free assessment video that I'd love to share with you, where I walk you through a simple process in reading to figure out what type of learner your child is. I use this with every student when I first meet them to give me a sense of whether they're more of a visual or phonetic learner as it helps better prepare me on what tools are best to use moving forward. To receive this free gift, sign up for my newsletter at pages.tawnytutors.com forward slash newsletter. As soon as you sign up, you'll receive it in your inbox. If you're interested, follow me on Instagram and Facebook at the Proxy Method. I also take on a very few select private one on one clients worldwide for homeschool support and tutoring work. Email me at tawny.taproxy at tawnytutors.com. Have a blessed day and aloha.